and welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC this Monday morning. I'm your host, Sean Fry, and joining me today is a truly honored guest. Uh, if, if you're looking up in Parsons, Kansas, you might see him. Uh, Pierce Thomas, Lebet Cardinals uh, men's basketball player uh, and a Parsons High School graduate as well. And what's significant about Pierce is he's an SEK League champion from his time at Parsons. And now he's a Kansas Jayhawk Conference champion with the Lebet Cardinals men just securing a share of the title last week. Pierce, how's it going? How's it feel? Yo, 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 man, it's going good. Uh, coming off a lot of great weeks, getting ready to go in the playoffs. Uh, so let's talk about the fact that you guys just won a conference. Uh, it, it happened on the last night. You guys upset number eight, Johnson County, to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has this season been like obviously it's been a weird season with all the covid uh guidelines and restrictions and all the obstacles that that's put in front of you mm-hmm. uh you end up sharing the conference title with three teams or two i'm sorry two other teams uh johnson county and fort scott uh but you guys got the top seed based on tiebreakers mm-hmm. for for this week's region six tournament I, i'm really curious just where's your head's been at and how'd you guys get to this point um i mean I don't think coaches ever stopped believing in our team. Uh, we've just had to keep on doing what we need to do to win. We had some uh, rough patches at the beginning of the year, but uh, I think with more time being together and with coach, you know, uh, doing what they do, I think we found a lot of success in just being us. Uh, take me through the Johnson County game a little bit. Obviously, I mean, you guys were down 27-21 at halftime, and I think they had pulled well ahead. Mm-hmm. Early, I think I, I want to say they were up as much as fourteen in the first half, maybe yeah. a little more. Uh, but then all of a sudden, our guy, who's who's lived in Parsons almost as long as all of us, yeah, uh, Gage Keenan. I tell him that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Parsons native at this point. I tell him that all the time. <laughs> uh, Gage Keenan just can't miss from three. Yeah, he went Gage six. He went six of seven from three in the second half. Pierce, I, that I wouldn't is, doubt it. I mean. There's, if Curry did that, if Steph Curry did that, just with no defense, that's a pretty yeah. good. That's a pretty good clip now. But at the same time, I mean, just those threes turn the game around. Momentum, uh, for sure. Uh, what was it like just being in that moment? Because you were on the floor at times and on the bench at times. Mm-hmm. What was it like just in that moment? That game just completely flipping because they were up nine, I yeah. think, at one point in the second half, and yeah. I think within about a four minute span. Y'all were up nine. Yeah, I mean, you can just feel it after every shot. Just the momentum builds and builds. I mean, confidence is always there. We just started hitting shots. It, it It's weird. I think you look at some of the biggest games you've been a part of in your basketball career. And I think this is – so I want to talk about kind of the atmosphere a little bit. You, you think about some of the biggest games you had at Parsons. That crowd yeah. is loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's think about Pittsburgh, Lillette County, yes. uh, some of your sub-state games. Uh, th- those crowds got loud. No fans in Lebet yeah, <laughs> right now, yeah. and you're playing the number eight team in the country with a chance to win a conference title, and you guys are on a huge run in the second half playing maybe the best basketball you have all year. The only energy was coming from the, the people bench. on the court in the bench. Yeah. What would, how, how do you describe the two differences? And I am curious how noticeable really is it in the moment. Um. So the first question. Go ahead. Oh, what was your first question? Just what are the differences? It's really kind of one okay. and the same. What are the differences and how much do you notice it? Um, 
I mean, from fans to no fans, there definitely is a difference. But to me, I mean, I've played plenty <laughs> of empty gyms. I've practiced in plenty of empty gyms, you know, summer, mm-hmm. birthday, U things oh, like yeah. that. So to me, and I focus really well, I feel like, on the court. So it doesn't really bother me that much having no fans. Um, I mean, I, I like Stanford. Stanford talks loud. We yeah. have a lot of good guys on the bench that really pick us up. Um, Kev has been out a few games. He's been huge on the bench. Uh, our teammate Nay, he's mm-hmm. huge on the bench. They get us riled up, and um, I mean, we're, we're all on fans. I will say this. I think almost collectively across all levels of basketball, I think I've seen more energy from the benches this year, basically at every team, than I ever have before because they know they have to manufacture the energy yeah. themselves. Yeah. They're not going to get it from their crowd mm-hmm. if there's no crowd there. And so... But I think in a way that creates a better atmosphere and a better culture for your yeah. team. One thing I like, which is weird, I like how the benches are set up now. Yeah. Not only being tall, I have more room. <laughs> but, I mean, if someone makes a shot, like a good shot, I mean, it's like a party down there. Oh, yeah. You can you got stand up and do whatever you want to. It's nice. But it, yeah, I was about, I remember when Parson started, in all high schools in Kansas, started the year with no fans in basketball. That only lasted about like yeah. a week or two. <laughs> yeah. SEK League. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it, man. You're not gonna because I got everything I loved about the sport, which is watching watching the games uh-huh. and enjoying the sport in its truest form and hearing the coaches and being and you know I'm there, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. The ba- the fan band didn't affect me because I'll be there. Mm-hmm. But you know what I didn't hear is fans going three seconds. <laughs> yeah, over the back. Yeah, it's- <laughs> I think another thing is that, I mean, of course, this is my first year in uh, mm-hmm. college basketball, so I don't know what it's like with fans. I don't know what a true is like yeah. with it. So. One thing that is that I've always kind of preached about, particularly in Labette, is mm-hmm. obviously they don't draw the same types of crowd that uh, that the Parson, that Parsons High School is. And I'm not saying they should, mm-hmm. because it is a, it's a different community. Yeah. I, I understand that. I, I'm not saying... You know, 2,000 people need to go to every basketball yeah, game. Yeah. But I think there's a subset of people that are that are harmed by missing college basketball or college softball or college baseball or mm-hmm, college wrestling yeah. by not going to those games when they're allowed to. Let's take this year out because it's a different year. But yeah. in the years past, you know, nothing bothered me more than on a Thursday afternoon or a Thursday evening five, six years ago when the Labette softball team was playing and they had a pitcher by the name of Alex Brake who was a two-time national pitcher of the year in Juco, mm-hmm. one of the best college pitchers in the country. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody there. Yeah. And then the next day I go watch Parsons softball or Lillette County softball or Chautauqua softball or whatever, and, and they can't pitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, and I'm sitting there thinking, why weren't you there watching that game? Mm-hmm. Why weren't you watching one of the best pitchers or, or trying to call, to call one of your local resources? Yeah. And I think that's a problem at Labette. And, but... One thing that impressed me was, I think it was during your sub-state game last year. Yeah, it was during your sub-state game last year. So I think you guys, it was actually during halftime. So you were in the locker room. You didn't hear it, but the rest of the gym was there. The Labette women came out after they had just won the Jayhawk and won their, and got their bid to the national mm-hmm. tournament. Uh, the Parsons public address announcer came out, congratulated them, and that whole gym gave them a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. So you know the support is there. Yeah. Yeah, and it is it is a different atmosphere. So if you're wondering what no fans are like, I'll say this: you're closer to it, you're closer to the norm 
Yeah. At Labette than you would be at the high school with no fans. Because mm-hmm. like, because I've watched college a few college games before, mm-hmm. but I haven't been to enough to get used to it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's it's always seemed a lot smaller than uh, high school games, but I think that's just how it is at community colleges. It's a smaller world, but at the same time, there's some benefits to that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. most of your student section or most of your fans are going to be baseball and softballs and wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the people you may stay in the dorms with. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same people you're seeing over and over again. And so the the trust you build with those people is going to be very strong. And maybe any grudges that you have with those people are going to carry over forever. So uh, you're a friendly guy, though. I can't imagine there's too many Pierce Thomas haters out there. Uh, I hope not. (laughs) Maybe Bryce on the team. One thing I wanted to ask you about, and mainly because this has been something I kind of get on a soapbox about, which is I think people particularly, I think it's throughout the state of Kansas, I think people underestimate the disparity, the gap between high school and Kansas Jayhawk Conference basketball or sports in general. For sure. The the, le- the talent level that their mm-hmm. guys are truly playing at. Yeah. You made the jump from Parsons to LeBet. Yeah. I think some people think anybody can do that. And I think I think that's crap. I think that's total crap. Uh. You've experienced the gap, the difference, as has Zeke Lyons, who's doing very well at KCK. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you under you've you've been through a whole season of it. What's your message back to high schoolers looking for a JUCO opportunity to educate them on truly the level you're playing at? Um, well, it is truly a different level. I mean, if you like basketball and you're ready for a grind, I think you can do it. Um, if you're getting offers and you're getting looked at, yeah. Um, I mean, really, there it it is a different pace. Of course, it's faster, mm-hmm. and everyone on the court is there for a reason. I feel like that's the biggest difference between yeah. community college and high school ball. Is that you know there isn't there's anyone. not the seventh person on the bench who's just there to be yeah. there. No, no offense. This I mean, those guys. There are guys are at uh-huh. the end of the bench who play hard and are good members of the team, mm-hmm. but. Basketball is not what drives them. Yeah, yeah. You have to, I feel like just, if you like basketball and you're ready to work hard, I mean, just go for it. Do you, uh, you know what's, uh, and what's ironic to me is I look at LeBette Community College and Parsons since I've been here. Hmm. Uh, Lindsey Pellock and Bridget Dunley went to the softball team. I don't think Dunley made it to the spring. Pellock played pretty well for two years. I'll hmm. give her that. She actually played very well for two years. She she became a pretty good pitcher. Hmm. There's been like one or two basketball players I think, that um, Jake, uh, Jacob Allman. That's yeah. right. He played for a year, yeah. And then I think he went to a four year or something like that. He ended up kind of moving on with with life, yeah. yeah. But he he was a pretty good little player for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, no women have played at Labette since I've been there for the women's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Parsons, one girl did from Labette County. Uh-huh. And that was Mitch Rolls' first year, and he only won two games that year. He got the job in, like, freaking July or August oh, so with, like, four girls on the roster. And he was like, I, I don't have a team. Mm-hmm. But then the very next year, he goes and wins 25. Uh, but, I, I mean, I guess part of my the reason I get on a soapbox is I see a lot of kids from, from schools all around this area in particular, they struggle when they get to JUCO and they just don't cut it. Why do you feel like you've been able to survive at least this year so far? Uh... I mean, uh, Coach Hawk texted me this the other day. He said that I had a good work ethic, so I mm-hmm. think I'll just carry on with his words. Um, <laughs> I also, I, I've, the more I play it, I mean, just every day I like going out and playing basketball. 
and I feel like uh, in JUCO especially, um, it's really good to have like a next play sort of mentality. You know, like you'll mess up, you just mm-hmm. got to go back on it. Um, I feel like I'm really good on that. So, well, hey Pierce, we gotta go to a quick break. You want to stay with me real quick? Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, that'll do it for the first part of, for the first half of this war room here on uh, KOKC Radio. I'm your host Sean Fry. We've got Pierce Thomas in studio when we come back. Uh, don't go anywhere. And we're back here on the War Room. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Fry, here on KLKC, joined by Pierce Thomas, Parsons High School graduate, a uh, guy who could hit a tennis ball higher up than anybody else, and also a Lebec Community College men's basketball player who just won the Jayhawk Conference title. Uh, you know, of all the things about you, Pierce, that I've covered over the years, mm-hmm. that niche of your tennis career was always fun to watch. Uh-huh. I always enjoyed you watching. I really like you... tennis. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it sucked that you didn't get that your spring year oh, or your yeah. senior year. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, Travel always say we, we, we would have won state if we would have yeah. went to doubles. And I tell you, know, it was funny the conversations I would have with Jane Posh or Tyler Beermore about you. It's that mm-hmm. you could get to, to balls that literally nobody else on planet Earth could. Mm-hmm. And that makes yeah. you a dangerous player. Yeah. I love when someone would hit a ball high thinking, oh, that one's getting over. <laughs> no, smash yeah. right back down. Yeah, and it was it was really nice having Posh and uh, Tyler as coaches. Pa- they I made mean, it really fun. You know, I maintain Posh was, you know, Anthony Houck does a great job. There's a lot of coaches that have done a lot of really good jobs at that school over yeah. the years. Yeah. I think Jane Posh might be, might be the very best. Uh, in terms of, I mean, just pure outcome and, and sustainable success. success yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, year after year after year, mm-hmm. solid. And to, to me, what what made what made Jane Posh so good at her job, and she still is, she's still going to develop tennis players in this community. Is yeah, I don't, not, I doubt Miss Posh is going away. No, she's not going. Away. She's not going anywhere. But uh, she could take a she could take a guy or a girl who had never played tennis before. Mm-hmm. And in one year, in one season, mm-hmm. they're varsity ready. They may not be state ready, or they may yeah. not be getting that many ones, but they're a varsity yeah. tennis player in that one year. Mm-hmm, and I, I don't think you realize people realize how hard that is. Yeah, because I started playing in eighth grade, and I mean, she had me on summer tennis almost every day, tennis lessons. I mean, yeah, she, mm-hmm. she is good. Uh, let's go back to high school a little bit. I wanted to ask you. And so, do you mind if I be blunt with you a little bit? Uh, you can be. You can be. <laughs> I think you kind of see what's going on. Come, maybe you see what's coming. I don't know. I want to go back to your last high school basketball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upset loss to Rose Hill. Yeah. That came in the middle of just a hurricane of the what was happening in the entire world. Yeah, yeah. But I always think back to that, and I wonder, how did some of these Parsons players deal with that? Because... You know, there's a lot of there's teams there, including Rose Hill, that were upset that they didn't get to finish their tournament. Yeah. But basketball got taken away from you about five hours earlier. Yeah. And without seeming like too much of a without seeming like too much of a of a of a of a mean cat here, you didn't have a great game, particularly offensively. No, I didn't. Uh, uh, and you had been playing very well all year, and I think that's why it stood out. Was everybody had seen Pierce Thomas is is. I would say certainly one of the most important pieces on that team. Mm-hmm. And then we saw just, it, it. you know, everybody has bad games, but it yeah. sucked that it happened then. Yeah. Take me through kind of your memories, your emotions of that of that day. Um, I mean, really, uh, from Rose Hill game, I just remember missing a bunch of left-hand layups. Um, but I mean... So do I. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
because I mean, what, what was I that game? I think it was really bad. Two I think of was, fourteen, if I remember geez, correctly. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. You rebounded bad. fairly well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like, I mean, I was the tallest guy out there, so <laughs> <laughs> that was my job. The, yeah, I mean, it was it was just a bad game at the wrong time. Uh, does it sit with you? No, I don't think so. I don't. And you, you see, know, everybody like, handles loss differently, yeah. and so that's. That's that's kind of why I asked. Is Anytime I can get in the gym after a loss, I think I'm. If I work hard enough, I feel like I can get it off my back. That that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, everybody deals with loss differently, and there's no right or wrong yeah. way to do it. But I mean, I do know people that you know. One of my favorites is Erica Gartner. Uh, it, you know, gun to my head, maybe she might be my favorite player I've ever covered here mm-hmm. um, in this community. She was a point guard at Lebec County. Uh, she lost her last state, her last game, a third place game at state, playing against a girl. Oh man, who were they playing? Wellington. They were playing against Wellington. Mm-hmm. There was a girl on that team that was that it was signed to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Tie game. Erica Gardner had the ball with about 15 seconds, and she's draining clock, draining clock. With about 11 seconds, she drives to the rim and just puts up a terrible contested shot, mm-hmm. and then they get the rebound. Wellington races down the end of the floor, and they hit, like, just shy of half court. They hit it for the buzzer and the win. It's terrible. And that's how her career ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her for a War Room interview maybe a couple months ago. And this, so, I mean, she's she had a whole college career and has been a college coach since then. So, this is what, that game was six years ago. Yeah. And, I mean, she just recalls the play straight from memory. And she uh-huh. says she still thinks about it. And there are people who remember every little slight like that. You say you just, just go into the gym. And put it behind you. Take yeah, me through I mean, that process. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never been a person to dread on something for too long. I feel like, uh, you know, whether I dread on that game or not, I'm still going to have a game on Wednesday. I still have practice on Monday. Yeah. So my feelings about the game don't really matter to me. So I just put it behind me and just mm-hmm. focus on. When you... Uh... When you guys eventually got home from Rose, from from Salina that day and everything was going on with the out with the initial outbreak of the pandemic yeah. and everything just being stripped away, stripped away, uh, just very methodically. Mm-hmm. What were the emotions you were experiencing at that point? Because you were a senior in high school, you didn't yeah. get your normal graduation, you didn't get your your spring tennis season, which you held. Uh-huh. There's value in that. Yeah, yeah. I legitimately believe you guys would have gone to state that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? How do you kind of recollect on that time? Um, at the very beginning, like, say basketball, it's about a week after. We thought it was just more spring break. <laughs> more spring break! So that, that that did about a complete 180 when they said that uh, school was done for the rest of the year. We mm-hmm. weren't having any more events or sports. Um, it is, uh, I'm always, I'm always going to wish that I had a senior tennis season. But then again, you know. What happened, happened. Tennis wasn't your first love. It's one of those, no, that, but yeah. at the same time, I know you you mm-hmm. put effort into yeah, it. Yeah, we would have had a lot of fun. We would have won a lot that year. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, the last year has been very. Uh, it's been very tumultuous in a lot of ways, and I think it's that, caused a lot of times of reckoning. That's a word. Yeah, tumultuous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that obviously came to light, you know, kind of and. My argument has been these two stories are the same. The Black Lives Matter movement and the pandemic, they are the same because one exacerbates the other. The, a lot of inequities that are exacerbated. You know, you force yeah. people to stay uh-huh. home and, yeah. it, you know, it, it puts more burden on those who are already facing inequity. Mm-hmm. 
you know, from what I see you talk about on social media, I know you think about this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into this stuff. <laughs> what is, you know, I'd like you to tell me maybe what your message is as a kid from Parsons, as a, as a man from Parsons, mm-hmm. uh, as a black man from Parsons. Tell me about your experience in this town and, and how that's evolved throughout maybe your adolescence and, and, into, and now into adulthood and how you kind of view the world and what your message is to people that maybe need to change their way of thinking a little bit. Um, I feel like as a man and a black man in Parsons, uh, recollecting on growing up here, um, of course I was, I feel like in the school system and I love Parsons for this, um, we weren't necessarily hundred percent shielded from all forms of mm-hmm. you know, racism and stuff like that. But I feel like Parsons does a pretty decent job, at least better than a lot of other places around here at accepting us and mm-hmm. kind of making us feel a little better. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of stuff is just rooted into society. Mm-hmm. As I look into it, uh, things like anti-blackness, I mean, that's mm-hmm. everywhere no matter what you do. So, I've always thought some of the aversion to Lebet Community College Athletics yeah, is yeah. because of the... It's mm-hmm. no secret that yeah. black men from urban areas yeah. and black women from urban areas come into this community and people maybe feel a little just mm-hmm. just disconnected from that yeah, and yeah. it can go further than that and it certainly does but even maybe some of your more well-intentioned people just feel disconnected yeah and it. it's yeah i mean of course some people but a lot of people i feel like it's just they feel like it's two different realities and it's just if you sit down and listen i mean a lot of people find but i i talk to a lot of young black men that come to this community and they say well, yes, they, they may or may not experience... They don't experience racism any less than what they came from. You you come to Parsons, and it can be healing for the soul. You come here, and all you got to worry about is basketball. Yeah. Or all you got to worry about is your school and basketball. Yeah, thankfully... And this community uh, provides that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, in the community, most of the race, racists are, like, covert, <laughs> so you never really hear They're not coming to college like, basketball games, yeah, granted. No, no. I think one thing that is... I've struggled with, you know, obviously a lot of this community is, a lot of this community is very accepting, and it was great to see the turnout at the Black Lives Matter protest earlier mm-hmm. in the summer, yeah. but but then this community elected Virgil Peck to our state senate, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where even I struggle, and, you know, maybe this is me being, you know, a stereotypical white guilt guy, mm-hmm. and... It's certainly more your perspective to speak on, but sometimes I sit there and think, like, you know, there's so much progress to be made. There's so much to undo. Mm -hmm. Where do you even start? I feel like um, at the most basic level, um, I mean, I feel like, of course, the pandemic really amplifies this. But as a society as a whole, in terms of the biggest thing that I worry about uh, as a young political black man is wealth inequality mm-hmm. because I think that's truly the number one thing in this country. Uh, I feel like that everyone is doesn't know like who the enemy is yeah, and doesn't know what we need to do to, you know, get a lot of things better. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not, you know, me personally, I'm not for like, you know, your, your all out socialism or communism where everybody makes the same. I'm not for that, but I don't believe anybody who works in a full time job should be work, should be living in poverty. So like, I agree with, you know, raising the minimum wage yeah. to, to address that. And, 
you're right. Well, you know, I mean, I've money's like, the root of all evil, and maybe this isn't what God intended, but money can solve a lot of problems. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, from I mean, from my perspective, I mean, you have Americans who have been going through quarantine for months and months on end with no government help, mm-hmm. and then outside of the stimulus checks, yeah, but, yeah. But, but stimulus checks. Then again, I mean, we've gotten how many? Two, three, three. I just, I just don't think that's enough. You know, I don't. I, I, you I know, uh, and to me, uh, it's odd to me, whether you agree with stimulus checks or not, it's odd to me that Republicans don't because, or conservatives don't. To me, that's like conservatism pushed to the extreme. Yeah. Here, the government giving you your money back that you paid in taxes. Yeah. I feel like, like with, especially with uh, <laughs> Donald Trump being elected, um, there, there definitely is a, a new and dangerous form of conservatism. That is right. And to me, you know, I always identified as, as a conservative growing up and I voted for conservative candidates. That's changed a little bit because I don't think a lot of the people that put the R next to the name on the ballot necessarily yeah. live up to the ideals that I that I, you know, that I feel I, you know, it always struck me, you know, people say, well, why does, you know, when Donald Trump called people who protest the anthem SOBs mm-hmm. on a stand during the rally as the act as the president. Yeah, I thought to myself, well, that's not standing up for the Constitution, yeah. and constitutionalists generally have been conservative in 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 the past. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's that's where I struggle. Is I feel like it's the paradigm is shifting. Yeah, and I think we're everybody's trying to find identities and values that fit that that fit them. Yeah, because to me, uh, Donald Trump got elected simply because to like a lot of poor white people you know mm-hmm. you see things especially like obama being elected and black lives matter becoming such a thing i feel like a community of people a large community of people uh only saw donald trump as sticking up for them because they're going through a lot of the same wealth inequalities that mm-hmm. a lot of our people are yeah so at this it's like one voice but at the same time it's donald trump so it was yeah it's a billionaire <laughs> it's not really on your side exactly well hey pierce thank you so much for coming on this has been a pleasure and an honor. Uh, any big, any big bold predictions for this week? You got your Region Six tournament coming up. Uh, any big bold predictions about anything? About about anything? I was asking about basketball, but if you got a big bold prediction about anything outside of that, we'll take it. Uh, I've got. I had originally Texas winning, but now I guess I have a Gonzaga winning. Gonzaga winning the national the tournament. championship. How about um, that UCLA Gonzaga game? Did you man, watch that? That was good. That was that one was of the best good. basketball games I'd ever watched. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Well, that's going to do it on the War Room. Thank you, Pierce, for coming in. Appreciate your time as always. Uh, good luck uh, in your region tournament. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll see everybody here on KOKC next week. Here on the War Room, I'm your host, Sean Fry.